Welcome to Wax Half Full, episode 60. I'm your host, Wax, here with my co-host, Ads, as always. I think producer Keith is technically here, but then he also told us I'm not listening in the chat, so maybe he's not. Whatever. Uh, there'll be an awkward moment where I ask him a question sometime during the show, and there'll be silence because he's literally not listening. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Ads, how you doing? I'm doing well. I think I've recovered from my not covid um physically but i still feel very tired so i don't know what the uh what the prognosis is there but maybe i had covid and therefore i don't have to worry about covid for a couple months i don't know that's the worst part of not knowing that i had covid yeah did you get did you uh get tested or did you just self-isolate without getting tested um i got tested with a rat test only like a rapid antigen test yeah. Um. I did not get tested with a PCR test because over the my infectious period, I, it was pretty much impossible to get tested because of massive testing shortages in Australia. Uh, testing queues. I spent about maybe eight hours in a queue one night, one day, and what? didn't get tested. Yeah, yeah. Were you in a, Were you in a car? Were, were you outside? Were you I was doing? in a car. Yeah. Luckily, I know other people who were not in cars, and it's it's a summer. It's middle of summer in Australia, so you can imagine how well that went. Um, I saw yeah. some. I saw some articles that said that they have to put uh, signs up in the COVID testing line saying, please don't shit in the bushes, which is... Uh, <laughs> I did not see that. <laughs> but if you're there for eight is hours, it... like, what the fuck are you going to do? You can't leave. I know, exactly. And it's one of those traps, right? It's the uh, the sunk cost fallacy. I've been here for like six hours already. Like, if I leave now, those six hours of my time are are, are wasted, right? Well, I mean, yep. the sunk cost fallacy says it's not wasted. I, I actually don't know if this is a sunk cost fallacy, but whatever. We'll, we'll we'll run with it. Um, but yeah, it's it's been really like something else. So yeah, I didn't get tested. I got I took two rapid antigen tests. It's the only two that I could find, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And I used those, and then they were both negative. But who's to say whether they were actually negative or not? Because you know how um yeah they're how accurate they're they what, are seventy five seventy five percent accurate eighty percent accurate. Um, it depends on which test because I think there's about six tests. In Australia, yeah. some of the oral ones, some of the nasal ones, um, and they, according to the government, anyways, they vary from like sixty to eighty-five to ninety percent for the best ones. Right. But even then, it depends on, uh, as far as I can tell, it depends on whether you're symptomatic, how symptomatic you are. They're less, yeah. they're less effective for people who are, are asymptomatic. And I was pretty much asymptomatic, I think. So we don't know. Maybe, maybe you had COVID. Maybe you didn't. Who knows? Yeah, who knows. All right. So b- besides that, how's how are things going in Australia? Well, maybe this is a good segue into our first topic, unless you wanted to, to banner some more. Um, things are going terribly in Australia. We're having a real rough time with the COVIDs. I mean, I guess everywhere's having a real rough time with the COVID, but it just seems so more, so much more severe for a country that hasn't experienced true COVID, if that's a real term. <laughs> um, you know, we're lucky enough to to have been relatively untouched by by corona even like um even in the past lockdowns i could tell you maybe one person that i knew personally that got covid and now i can tell you dozens of people that i know who have gotten coronavirus so I think it's, right. it's a big well, shift in um public uh responsibility if i was to take a quote from the from our admirable prime minister <clears throat> all right so i guess this goes segues pretty nicely into our first topic of the day so if you haven't heard, I guess, I, I, well, is, is, the, is the Djokovic saga the biggest story in Australia right now? So basically, 
Djokovic, he's the number one tennis player in the world right now, right? Or is he number two? Whatever. Yes, he's, he's number one. Yeah, Djokovic, the number one ranked tennis player in the world, uh, is also a noted anti-vaxxer, or at least he, he's 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 uh, said he's not getting a vaccine. I don't know if he's telling other people not to get get the vaccine, but he but he's pretty much been very public about him himself not getting vaccinated, and he apparently received an exemption from. So this is where the story gets a little bit tricky. This, there's there's a lot of like mis- lack of details in this story. So. Apparently, he received an exemption from the Victoria government, where the Australian Open is being held. That's that's what he claims. He said he, he received a medical exemption, mm-hmm. so that even though he's so normally, if you're unvaccinated, you can't enter the country without quarantining for like fourteen days or something like that. Or I don't know, maybe you can't enter at all. Whatever. There's a huge restriction. Um, if you're, I don't think you. I think you can enter. You do have to do the fourteen days quarantine. But why it's important is because in Victoria, you are not allowed to attend venues. If you are not vaccinated at all, like unless you have an exemption, uh, so even uh, right. if he did the fourteen day quarantine, he wouldn't be able to play. Right. So in any case, he apparently received an exemption from the Victorian government and from the people who are running like, t- what was it called, Tennis uh, Australia, Tennis Australia, or the Australian Open organizers. Yeah, yeah. He, so he received exemptions from the organizers and from the government, or, or so he supposedly did, and he he entered the and he. So basically, he he announced that as he was getting on a plane, and then over the next ten hours while he's on the plane, everyone in Australia got ridiculously mad that this that this guy was. It seemed that he was getting special treatment. Now, whether or not he was actually getting special treatment, we don't know yet because um, the details have not come out. Because apparently, the, the way the testing mechanism, the exemption mechanism works is you submit it, but all of the applications they're anonymized and they're supposedly basically. Uh, the doctors who check them, they only look at the information given to them. They don't look at the name of the patient. They just look at like the medical information given to them and they, they judge whether or not that's deserving of an exemption. So supposedly he actually got an exemption through like, a proper channel and there was no, there shouldn't have been any favoritism just because he's a superstar in tennis. And also it, it should be noted that he's not the only player who got an exemption right now. There, I think there's three, uh, Tennis Australia said there's three other players who are, who are set to compete at the tournament who also received an exemption. Did they say and that it's ha- players or was it players and staff? It might have been players and staff. Uh, okay, I'm not entirely sure about that, but I think, yeah, they, they Tennis Australia did make it clear that they're having people who have received the exemption and they're, uh, nothing happened to them. I, I think they're fine. Anyway, so over the course of 10 days, people got really, really mad. And uh, when and some, somehow happened that by the time Djokovic arrived, he was denied entry at the border by a different body. This is the federal border, the border control. Border control is a federal body. Uh, Australia is like, uh, I don't know, what's the government? Like the states have some autonomy, but uh, it's... it's The, um, yeah, there's, st- the fed, fed, federal has control over the borders into the country. Right, right. And... Uh, and and I know there's some like border restrictions between the states too. But in any case, yes, uh, he, he was stopped at Melbourne Airport, I think, because the border the border control said, "Hey, your visa is not the correct visa, and uh, you do not he's not you did not provide the correct evidence that proves that you deserve an exemption." And this is where it gets even iffier because border control is being iffy about it, the Victorian government is being iffy about it, Djokovic is being iffy about it. We have no idea what like what his medical exemption is. All all he said is, "I have medical exemption." And we don't, and we have no idea what he was claiming and what his pre- presented evidence was. All we know is that, you know, he was he was given an exemption earlier by the Victorian government, and then the Australian government at the border said, "Nah, you can't come in." 
because you don't you don't have the proper whatever credentials or the clearances. So now he's uh, stuck. He appealed his. Uh, they were they ordered him to be deported. He was he should have been deported today, but he filed an injunction in court. So they're going to have a court hearing about it. So right now he's just holed up in a hotel in Melbourne in legal limbo, trying to protest this uh, the denial of his visa. So ads. How, how is that going down uh, in, in the general populace? Okay, so um, basically, right now, even beforehand, there were there is there is a massive rift. I would say I wouldn't say massive rift between most of the population, but there is a sizable part of the population, especially in Melbourne, which which has probably suffered suffered the most lockdowns, or Melbourne and Victoria suffered the most lockdowns of any state in Australia. Like Sydney and New South Wales did have a rather large lockdown. This year, and they had some smaller lockdowns uh, splattered around the past two years. Um, but Victoria, in particular, has had probably the harshest lockdowns, the longest lockdowns in all of Australia. And as such, there is a growing animosity in in that state. Um, particularly, there is animosity across the country, obviously. But in that state, particularly, there is a growing animosity towards um, their their state government, um, which has made this situation a bit more politically charged than it would normally have been um, in another circumstance or in, even in another state. Um, so, yeah. So, like, for example, if he was, if the Australian Open was to be held in New South Wales, um, he would, if he was unvaccinated, he would have to do the two-week quarantine, but then he would still be allowed to play even if he was unvaccinated because it's not a requirement in New South Wales. It is a requirement in Queensland as well. So I think only two states have it as a requirement in Australia. So it makes it more politically charged, this, the fact that the Victorian government was the one to give the exemption after they had they have essentially had the harshest uh, vaccine mandates, whether you agree with it or not. That's just the fact they've had the harshest uh, vaccine mandates across multiple job categories, multiple areas, multiple um, locations. Um, they have probably the harshest ones out of any state in, in Australia, or at least equal harshest, um, which okay. makes this situation politi- politically charged in nature. Can I ask you, if, is the backlash more, is it more like a general backlash against the lockdowns and restrictions, or is it backlash that the government is, uh, it appears that they're treating a celebrity unfairly and giving the preferential treatment? Like, like which way is, is bigger in terms of backlash? So I think that the backlash is that the government has constantly, you know, portrayed um, vaccination. Like, I'm not, you know, giving my personal opinion here. I'm just saying how, how the situation appears. Um, the government has constantly portrayed that vaccination is a necessity um, to work in all these different environments. People who may or may not have gotten the vaccine, like Australia, I think Victoria has a 95% or very close to 95% um, vaccination rate for either 16 and above or 12 and above. I'm not sure how different states record it at different levels, but a very high um, vaccination percentage. And you could argue that, uh, you know, uh, a non uh, substan- a, a substantial number of those people probably wouldn't have gotten vaccinated if they weren't forced to for their jobs. And these people themselves are angry that, you know, somebody who, who you know, is a megastar is getting prefer- uh, preferential treatment while they were forced to get a vaccine. And then everyone else, is, everyone else who just got the vaccine would have gotten the vaccine regardless is saying, well, you know, rules for them, uh, you know, rules for them are not the rules for me kind of thing. And they're also hating on it as well. And outside of Victoria, I think there's just general backlash towards um, the Australian government as a whole right now because of the COVID situation. Okay, so I know that storm. you're. Pro- 
I know that your prime minister, uh, Scott Morrison, is very unpopular in certain circles, uh, it, to say the least. So, yeah, well, how does he play? How does he play to this? Because I because I saw that he jumped in and he was sort of trying to take credit, but not really for uh, kicking Djokovic out at the last minute. Yeah. So um, right now there is an incredible backlash towards the testing that I that I talked about earlier. Where um, the government is being, you know, lambasted. At first, they were lambasted for not having, you know, rules across the country in terms of quarantine and all that stuff. Then they eventually had those quarantine rules, which I straight up just don't agree with, and they don't back up with science. They had uh, rules around masks, which were not unified, and then they became unified, but not really, and all the all this other stuff. So they've been in the news. There have been it's been the biggest news story right now. COVID has been the biggest news story, like it hasn't been for two years, but especially now, probably at the it's been the biggest news story since I would say the start of the pandemic in terms of how how influential COVID is on the um, perspective of people on the prime minister. Because for some reason or another, unlike I'd say like America, the prime minister has avoided most of the responsibility around COVID. I mean, there was a short period where he was being um, chastised for um, not procuring enough vaccines or not procuring vaccines earlier. But for the most part, a lot of the blame, a lot of the um, pressure has fallen on state uh, state um, leaders, which hasn't, hmm. and this is the first time that he's been the one really copying the, the flack. So people have argued, um, and I, I, you know, it's hard to well, decide. Oh, sorry, but, but correct me if I'm wrong, because at least from the West, uh, not the West, from America, it's, it seems like uh, Australia was getting lauded and praised for having very low COVID infection rates and just generally handing the pandemic well, up until basically like, la- like last month when everything went to hell like, in an mm-hmm. instant. So like, were they getting credit before that in that case? Like, were the local governments and the federal government, were they getting credit for handling it well? It depended on the local governments in hand for the most part i'd say we were getting credit but there was obviously you know when you're getting lockdowns whether you know lockdowns work or not which you know the stats can show in australia that they've definitely worked um people do get lockdown fatigue people dislike lockdowns and when people keep promising this will be the last lockdown ever you know there'll be no more restrictions and they have to backpedal on them you know two weeks later because back um cases have gone up to thirty-five thousand with a 30 percent positivity rate uh positive testing rate um sorry thirty eight thousand today then you you do get a harsh criticism and i think the criticism is overblown purely because of the situation that australia's in australia was in not I, overblown is the wrong word but the the criticism may not hold up to the standards of other countries but it would ha- hold up to the current situation in australia where we've been so accustomed to extremely low covid numbers Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify there because it because it, it sounds like they're getting shit on like a lot because this huge Omicron surge starting in, in mid December, when it does seem like they did a pretty good job at least by by a global standard up to now. Yeah, I, I'd agree that at, at a global standard, yes, they've done a good job. But that's not to say that that local governments or state governments haven't been getting getting criticism beforehand for previous lockdowns, the Delta the Delta variant. Um, spike in cases in new south wales and and victoria is a, is a big example obviously the original okay. strain um spike in victoria as well all right so can, uh, let, me, let me ask you do you think that is it is it as obvious as it seems is it as straightforward as it seems on the surface where this is just a uh it's a political maneuver like the, the, the 
politi- Victorian politician. I forgot who the the premier or of Victoria oh, Dan- Daniel Andrews. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Scott Morrison. Are they just making these plays at this moment? Like they saw over the last like over the ten hours when Djokovic was in air, they're like, "Oh shit!" Like we gotta do something about this, and this is a chance for us to score some easy political points by. Well, for Scott Morrison, it's easy political points. For the Victorian government, it's basically covering their asses and changing their minds. And well, for see, Scott Morrison, the Victorian it, it, government hasn't in. really jumped in with that. They haven't taken uh, credit for anything. Um, see, the Victorian government is a Labour. Go- Australia has a two-party preferential two two preferential party system. The Victorian government is a Labour government, and the federal government is a Liberal government. So there's a split there, um, which means that, rightly or wrongly. They have suffered more criticism than other state governments that are liberal governments, um, because yeah, of I that. Thought Jala, I thought Jala Pilford she she put out a statement saying something about like no like everyone's subject to the same like procedures. Did she put out something like that? Who said that? Jala Pilford. Uh, she's like on the. She some she does something in Victoria. Who's oh, ah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah um she did but like like as far as I can tell the Victorian government said that all everything was followed. Like according to the rules, according to the rules that they've they've given, and therefore, like it's a it's a it's a federal issue. You know, it's a, it's not mm-hmm. an issue for them. All right. So um, anyway, yeah. But back to the question: Do you think it's like it's as simple as it seems on the outside? They're just this is just political. This is this is completely political. It doesn't really matter whether Djokovic got a legitimate exemption or not. Like for all for all we know, he may actually have a legitimate exemption reason. Like we don't we don't know that because it's been, it's been kept so vague. But do you think this move to say suddenly, oh no, you don't have a legitimate exemption? Do you think it was purely political? I think if it, it it is purely political in the case that it perhaps would not have been the case had um, the federal government not been so criticised right now due to their handling of the Omicron um, spike in cases. But I think that due to like um, just an outpour of outrage, it still could have happened. But it seemed like a, a no-brainer for ScoMo to jump in now, whereas before it would have been like fifty-fifty whether he would have jumped in or not. Um, because, like, like I said, the biggest news story right now, like you said, sorry, the biggest news story right now in Australia is the Djokovic case. Um, it's it's overshadowing the cricket, the Ashes, where Australia is going for a clean sweep, which would normally be a massive news story. It's overshadowing even the COVID cases that have continued to rise across the country. You know, the country had something over seventy thousand cases last night or yesterday which is unheard of for the country like we've we've gone basically through the whole the whole um two years worth of cases in a couple of days um and everybody's talking about Djokovic everybody wants to know about Djokovic and it pulls um Scott Morrison out of the headlines when before this he was being criticized for the lack of testing upgrades um the lack of giving out free rapid antigen tests the lack of even having an ability to record a positive antigen test uh, as a positive case in the case numbers, that still can't happen. Um, so case numbers, positive case numbers will still only ever count if you do a PCR test and wait hours and hours and days and days. Um, so yeah, this is a great news story for him to change where he looks very strong, whereas he's looked very weak for the past month and a half. Yeah, like, as a cynic, like, I'm... I'm more persuaded to think that yeah, the the simple version of the story is what happened because, like, I I try to take people at their word for it, and if the Victorian government and the people who test say, hey, our process is supposed to be like anonymized, like I I I kind of believe them. Like I I have no reason to like. I mean, I can be a little bit suspicious, 
Well, should I should I be more suspicious? Is Australia I, I, is Australia more corrupt than I think? I'm more suspicious than you are, definitely. Yeah, I uh, I think I think that perhaps it was anonymized, but it was anonymized in a way where it where the loophole was there so easy for him to know what to do to get out of it, kind of thing. Or it was anonymized in a way that they would know that he was the one submitting this uh submitting this request. Um, I don't, I don't know how, I don't have, I'm not privy into how they would do that, but I do have a very strong suspicion based on the fact that even though three other people did get, um, exemptions, there were other people that did not get exemptions. Uh, therefore I can say that there is a strong possibility that he was, um, he was given a, a loophole and, and perhaps not told about that loophole, but it was made clear to him that that loophole would be available for him to abuse. Mm. Mm, interesting. Well, that's that's not that's more of a gray area thing, though. That's not strictly illegal or anything. That's just no, no, it's, hey. it, it's not. But it but it, it paints the picture that you know this whole they 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 made it very clear, like guys, we did everything right. You know, like we we made it anonymous, but um, anonymity doesn't stand. I, I don't think it stands here when it was so clear that he would be the biggest issue for the for the tournament organizers in terms of getting him to play. Um, that that if they're if they're uh you know if they if they have any interest in you know protecting their investment in the tournament you know obviously the tournament didn't go on last year and a, a bunch of international tournaments not just in tennis but international sporting events are facing in Australia facing a big crisis right now obviously the Australian Open is one where you know the Australian Open has the least prestige out of the four big slams. You know, the Grand Slam, if you, if you were to complete the Grand Slam, you know, you got New York, the American Open or the US Open. Um, yeah. Wimbledon will never lose, never go. Roland Garen will never go. Those three are very locked in, right? So the question mark on on the whole, uh, on the big four is the Australian Open, right? We have the we have the least uh, pull out of the four by far. Like, it's not even close. Um, Wimbledon and France, uh, you know, the England and France will never go. The US is highly, 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 highly likely not to go. The only one, if they were going to change it, and there are big, you know, big investors who are willing to put in the money, is the Australian Open. Um, so they're in a precarious position there. Uh, the, 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 you know, the Victorian government, which has always put itself as the sporting capital of Australia, where if you have an international event, where are you going to hold it? It has to be Victoria, right? We have the, they have the best um, facilities for massive events, not just in tennis, but in sports in general. They have the biggest stadium in Australia. Um, they have multiple big stadiums in a very localized uh, location. Um, obviously, the other big one is the uh, the Formula One race, which is supposed to happen in April. Um, but if that doesn't happen again, that's three years in a row where the Formula One hasn't come to Australia and there are other countries knocking. So the Victorian government is in a situation where not just the tennis is at risk, but potential their, potentially their um, their credentials as a world a world sporting event host is at risk if they if this Australian Open doesn't go doesn't go to plan and you know not having the world number one is a massive hit on the on the event interesting i i didn't know that the that was so having the australian open was so key to like victorian pride or some that or regional pride like i feel like if if new york lost if new york lost the u.s open like obviously we'd be a bit pissed but i don't think people would really care about it you think if it went to like california like went to la people wouldn't be angry I think people will be angry, but it wouldn't be like they wouldn't be seriously angry. They're like, oh, they're like, oh, oh well, 
I, I feel like New York has a lot has so much going for it that losing a little bit of prestige doesn't really hurt people. Maybe it's yeah. something about it's just more about Melbourne than it's just about New York. I, I think Melbourne and Victoria in, in general have like positioned themselves, and this has constantly been a battle between Sydney and Melbourne, um, yeah. two biggest cities in Australia, where you know the the prestige prestigious events have have flip flop between the two. But Melbourne still has the biggest game of the cricket of the season. It, always they have the Boxing Day Test, which is the biggest. Uh, event mm-hmm. they've had the f1 for years now i think f1 was held in i want to say adelaide in the 90s but i'd have to double check about that but he moved back to melbourne after a little bit of a break um right. he has that he has the tennis obviously there are so many events that always happen in melbourne so they have that credentials that they're struggling oh, to okay keep. so so because of their like identity being tied up in sports you're saying they're very incentivized to have like the best version of the australian open possible and maybe that uh shifted their judgment a little bit their policies a little bit yeah, I, I would say it's very likely that they had a they had a mechanism to make sure that he would he would be able to play. Um, the, the next question, the next question you should ask yourself is Djokovic's position in this. Like we haven't really talked about Djokovic in this, and I don't mean his, his position in you know not being uh, you know not being vaccinated. That's fine. Um, his position in being very vocal that he got an exemption. Yeah, I, I mean, like from his. If you look at it from his point of view, I, I can see why you'd be pissed because like, probably the organizers like work. They were like, "Hey, you're safe. Come on in." And suddenly he's being barred because like I can sort of see it from his position, like as someone who thinks that this is probably like a political maneuvering by the Australian government to like to gain face. Like, I can see why he thinks that hey, like he's just being arbitrarily picked on because you know this, the prime minister is trying to like you know make himself look good. I, I, it's particularly damning because. Again, like there's, okay, so let me read this here. So yeah, at least three other players have been have been given exemption. They're in the country right now. That's players. Okay. Yeah. Um, th- there have been other cases where people have had the um, is the Russian vaccination the uh, vax the Snevax? No, it's no, the, that's the, the the Gamalaya. G- Gamalaya is the uh, Russian one, I think. Okay. Yeah. Whichever one it was, there was there was a world top fifty. I think she was. Um, Russian player who wasn't allowed in because she had had gotten that vaccination and it's not on the approved list. There was a youth player who was under uh, I don't know if it was a youth player or was um, in the youth tournament was under eighteen from India who couldn't get vaccinated in India because they hadn't started the under eighteen vaccinations in India who wasn't allowed in. So there are other people who are low. low not to say that that's the reason why he got the vaccination exemption. As far as we can tell, the most likely reason for vaccination exemption is the fact that he had coronavirus in the past six months. But here's the thing that you haven't really discussed is that the Australian government, according to the Australian government here, has said that they specifically told the Australian Open organisers that being ha- having had COVID in the past six months would not be an exemption, would not right. allow exemption. Right, but that's where, we're, that's, that's where the spec, that's, this is just speculation though, right? This is so like, that's, this the government is the- said that. No, 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 but the, this, the speculation is that that's oh, that, that's for that reason. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, like, we don't know if that's... We're speculating that he's trying to get the exemption because he's saying, I had COVID in the past six months, I don't need a vaccine. So mm-hmm. we don't we don't know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think what, what we're looking at here is, regardless of, you know, what happens now, because obviously there's the, um, there's the court case. You know, the other thing was funny was, um, I think a judge had asked for him to be moved to a hotel with a tennis court so that he could he could um he could practice. Really? 
Yes. The judge asked for that. Damn. Yeah. In the meantime, I don't know if that's been um, you know allowed yet, but it does paint him in even more of a, or of a dislike, a, a hatred of him. And I, I don't think Djokovic was, uh, despite arguably being the best player ever, I don't think Djokovic has ever been well liked, and I don't think this is helping him in his right. um, quest for like. Not not to say that he needs it or anything. Well. Well, so I, I got to ask a question here. Like, how big is like the anti-vax? Well, not anti-vax. Let, let's say the well, yeah. Let, let, let's say you know, the general anti-vax, anti-lockdown. Like that sentiment in Australia is it big? Like, does he have supporters in Australia, or is everyone basically saying fuck this guy? I'd say the vast majority are saying fuck this guy. But I would say, out of any state, um, the biggest protests against the vaccine and against lockdowns have been in Melbourne by far, like by a considerable amount. Um, the the protests in Sydney were very scattered uh, in terms oh, of really? vaccine. Um, protests in yeah. Brisbane were a bit bigger. I haven't really heard much about WA, um, but by far the biggest ones and the most violent ones yeah. were in were in um, Melbourne and in Victoria. Yeah, but my perception of Melbourne was like it was like the the, the hippie capital of, of the entire country. Maybe maybe my perception was wrong there. Um, I'd say overall you're probably right, but I think due to the amount of lockdowns that they faced, I think even people who were like on the precipice were angry enough that that was the case. Ah, so it made it made people who would normally just you know follow the crowd, um, be a bit be a bit um angrier than than they would have been in other states where they've had more freedom. Even New South Wales, which is probably the second harshest out of the out of the other states. Um, wasn't as hot, like wasn't nearly as harsh. So yeah it's, yeah, it's a big story. It's a big story for the country. It's a big story for the for the prime minister who's facing an election coming up this year. So you know that also plays into plays into his hand of how he wants yeah. to be a. Pe- it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's just a shame that there's just not enough, there's not as much info as I would like. The key details of this entire thing are all are all just being kept under wraps. Like. The reason of his exemption and and all like, that's the key detail, right? The, the, and like neither side seems to be very eager to give that out. I don't know if that's for legal reasons or if that's for like practical reasons. But until we have that, it, it'll be very hard to say like who's in the right and who's in the wrong here. Yeah. The other funny thing is there are two asylum seekers in that um in that hotel where Djokovic is also being held or is also quarantining or whatever, um, and they. Uh, there was a protest there for those, for those, um, for those asylum seekers, and it was originally reported that those protesters were there for Novak, but it was clearly later revealed that it was not him, and it was another problem with the government. You know, because we just got so many problems with the government. That was a funny little tidbit. Okay, Keith, do you care at all? Do I care at all about what? About Djokovic in Australia? Yeah, the story. Does, does no. it, is it ed- when okay. Keith says "fuck Australia"? <laughs> All right. I don't. At this point, I don't care about literally anything COVID related. <laughs> okay. All right. And I and I suppose it's less likely that Keith cared about tennis. So anyway, right, let's yeah. let's move on. I, to I our just want to have it stated for the record that I don't like Novak Djokovic in general, and I didn't need the vac his anti vax statements to say otherwise i hope he doesn't ever play again just simply so he doesn't break the record <laughs> okay proof that wax doesn't pay attention to anything is we used to talk about tennis all the time did we yes yep i need to watch Wait, that King Richard movie still watch it 
No, not Wait, on the should... pod, in the Discord. Oh, dude? Hmm. Indeed, Wax. that is proof that I did. Wax is the mentor, <laughs> guys. It's okay. The least surprising thing. All right. Uh, let's All go right. next topic. Let's... Next topic. All right. Keith, oh, uh, I, I, I guess we did talk about women's tennis a lot. Anyway, let's let's go, let's go on to. Uh, okay, Keith, you want? You, never mind. Who wants to introduce this one? Ads. I'll do. It, I'll do. It. Okay, Fukubukuro yeah. culture. Apparently, in Japan, there is a massive culture of essentially mystery bags uh, on New Year's or around New Year's, um, and it's not done by small companies. It's actually done by massive companies like Starbucks. Um, what was the other one? Muji has one. Krispy yeah. uh, Kreme. Krispy Kreme. Some some Akihabara places have it, but they're okay. They're pretty small. Um, it's not just for small. Aquarium. Yeah, yeah. It's not just for like small, like you know, random. Like it's not for. It's not just for hot topic. It's Ichiran ramen. Yeah. A wax favorite, hopefully, maybe. Ichiran. I don't have. I don't have any opinion on Ichiran. Yeah, yeah, but it's a big. Uh, it's a big. Um, big market. I seem. It seems to be in Japan, and people have been discussing what they've been getting in their mystery bags. Some good and some not so good. Yeah, I guess I wanted to bring this up not just to really talk about uh, the specifics of these particular bags, because basically this is us going to the Sora well dump again, to, well again, right? Sora, Sora News, sorry, going to the Sora News well again for our articles. Basically, Sora News they just create they they create content by just reviewing these Fukubukuros in the new year from from like ten different places, and that's how they just fill their first week of New Year's content, I guess. I just thought it was an interesting culture because this is basically this is gotcha in real life, right? And it's and apparently it's existed in Japan for this has been a I, I don't know the history of this is, but it seems like this has been going on for like dozens of years. Yeah, it it seems pretty big in Japan. I've I've seen this kind of thing happen in um mo- in most uh, most cases have been like gaming conventions and stuff like that. Um, I know that yeah. when I went to PAX, it was a it was a very common thing. But it's not, it's not a big thing where you could go to, you know, a Starbucks in in Sydney or in Australia and, and have that. So yeah, it's pretty pretty a pretty interesting thing. I would definitely partake in it. I don't know which not, one I would partake. Yeah. in. I feel like it's it's like kind of it's not shocking that it happens in Japan, the country that like that invented gotcha. Did they did they so they invented real gotcha like the one where you put a coin in a thing and you turn a you turn the dial and you get a little capsule with, with the random shit in it, and it's also the country that invented video game gotcha, where you you know put put money into virtual money into a yep. RNG generator and it, it maybe gives you maybe gives you a good item maybe it gives you a bad item, so I guess it's not surprised it's, it's not surprising that this is like popular Japan. I don't know why it hasn't taken it off anywhere else in the world though though right like. Like this seems like such like an obvious like idea for for just uh, for making money in, in global capitalism. So like, why doesn't McDonald's do this? Like, or why don't? Well, maybe uh, not McDonald's. Maybe maybe McDonald's is the wrong thing. But like, why doesn't like Nike do this? Guys, imagine just going into the McDonald's um drive-through and being like, "Yo, can I get the mystery bag of McDonald's meal?" <laughs> and they were just like, I mean, All right, so so we're giving you a salad." Yeah, no, these are like so popular. You have to pre-order them in Japan. Like most of these things, like they're limited, so you, you actually have to pre-order them, and they cost like anywhere between like twenty to hundred dollars. So these are like really popular. They're they're a big New Year's business. I just don't know why. Like yeah, like why doesn't Supreme do this? Like is basically what I'm saying. Why doesn't Supreme have like a thousand dollar like mystery bag? It it seems pretty obvious. 
Yeah, I, I think the the thing with these is at least the way they're supposed to be done. Um, Wait, is West, it illegal? Is, is this a, is is it because it's technically illegal that they can't do this? Like, I'm really wondering because it seems like such an easy way to make money because people love gambling. I think... I would argue that this is just the subscription box craze that happened several years ago that was spawned mm. by like loot crate and stuff like that. I I would argue it's the exact same. Oh, like thing. Oh, yeah. Wait, oh wait, uh, have, have those died? I, yeah, I haven't I haven't heard podcast ads for those in forever. I feel like I was uh, hearing podcasts. Ad- they still exist. I they've like fell off hard though, and I they probably fell off harder due to COVID and stuff. But um, even like several years ago, when they were doing all the specialty boxes and stuff like that, they were running into like um supply issues and stuff like that, and boxes would get delayed and there were so many other like little companies popping up with their own boxes and different themes and everything like that, that like, it sort of just like overexposed itself and then kind of died off. That's that's true. But I think those are different in the terms of that. So those share the mystery aspect as in like, you're unwrapping a gift without knowing what's inside. So that's exciting, but they don't have the gambling aspect of maybe you'll get the really good one. Right, so like, they didn't have that. Like these have the gotcha aspect of you'll get some amount of value probably, but you have a small chance of getting something that's like hugely valuable or rare. Yeah, I think um, yeah, it would it would technically be like um, like there are instances where they would give stuff away that would be like um, more like a higher a much higher value like but it wouldn't be like baked into the system uh i guess as a way to put it like like you could subscribe to um like loot crate and then by being a subscriber you would have like a shot at winning like a playstation or something like that but it wouldn't be like one of the boxes is just going to ship with a playstation yeah oh it's yeah, yeah. So it, it like it, it made you eligible for a raffle that's like separate from the actual boxes. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I feel like that's the key to this, right? That's why it makes it like real life gotcha. The the zero point zero one percent chance that you're going to get something incredibly cool. Yeah, I, I think. And by the way, fr- by the way, not all of them are like that. So like reading through this article, some of them are actually like everyone literally gets the same thing. So, so that's just more of like buying a random gift. But some of them are also like they have ran- some of these are randomized components. Yeah. Um, the the first thing I want to make sure uh, I did research whether mystery bags are like illegal or not on eBay. They're kind of a um, gray area uh, as to whether they're allowed or not. Um, as far as I can tell, as long as you list everything that you can you can possibly win in the mystery bag, and it's not like a pure "Hey, pay me fifty dollars and something's <laughs> gonna come in the mail," <laughs> which if that happens, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, uh, it seems as uh, if you list them and you say like what kind of quantities you get. So, for example, um, some of the mystery bags I've bought are from like. Uh, but is like it like? Street. But is it like gotcha where the, you already have to disclose exactly the probability of getting everything? Is it, you don't is have it like, to do that. Like, but the way I've oh, so, I've, so so it's even more lucrative. You know, as yeah. as we should just start. We should just start like a real life eBay gotcha business. Until we get banned after three days after spending three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, we'll say. But I'm just saying, like, if the regulations are such that, at least in Gotcha, like, at least there's now regulations that force people to like reveal the odds. But if you don't even have to reveal, like, if you don't even have to show the odds, then man, you can make a killing you here. 
show the odds, but I think you have to say what the minimum thing you can get. If that makes sense. No, no, no. That's no problem. That's, I don't think that's a problem. Anyway, sorry, ads, go on. Um, so the one I got was um was like a from a, like a, I wouldn't say a streetwear company, but more like a streetwear designer. Um, and the way he does it is there are two versions: one for hoodies, one for shirts. Um, and you pay thirty dollars or whatever, and a random shirt comes in the mail. But sometimes you so you get at least one shirt, and then sometimes you get two shirts. Some very lucky people will get three, or you know whatever happens, or they'll make like thirty dollars for three shirts, which is way over the price, way under the price of three shirts. Um, but that's one way that's done, and you're essentially always kind of breaking even. Yeah. So that the reason why he did it, as far as I can tell, or the way he explained it was. It's just having that much stock, like ex- excess stock, is the, the cost of keeping all that stock is greater than taking the the slight loss on some of those items. You know what I mean? And it also increases, you know, brand loyalty. You know, people who do get good things, I think, will be more likely to continue buying from you, right? I'm just surprised this is not the dominant mode of like consumption in certain areas. Like, uh, like if you go, on, why doesn't Amazon have this? Like, Amazon just has like a monthly send me shit bag like why does it why don't they have that i feel yeah. like it's like a... what kind of shit could amazon give you like there's just they sell so much shit that it would just be such random stuff i reckon wish.com Look, should do this wish if you want to sponsor exactly us. yo yeah i i would totally sign up for like a like a ten dollar i would totally buy like a ten dollar wish bag of like random crap of just like the worst shit like it would just be funny to buy it once like i would totally do that when you're once, but you know, sub to it, then probably not. I, yeah, just, I, I think it's give me like, just give me like a shitty t shirt that doesn't fit, and then like give me like a, I don't know, like, yeah, like a so, bad cell phone case. There we go. So, so one of the the funniest stories that I read out of this one was from an Akihabara, this is from a Sora news website to go back to it, it's from an Akihabara place, uh, anime shop, or just, you know, whatever. And one guy last year apparently got ballet tights and an iPad. Well, there you go. So He's... he won. I think he was. More, he looked more excited about the ballet tights, to be honest. But yeah, so so it's possible to win. I guess the thing with that, right, is if you do have a you know a, a massive mystery box thing where somebody wins an iPad, it will create enough buzz around your store that it's essentially advertising money, right? Mm-hmm. But all of these are kind of advertising, though. No? Would you not agree? Yeah, really, no. Well, I mean, it is advertising, but I think like they're making a lot of money on this if it's like gotcha. Like, if you rig the odds well enough. I'm sure they're making money on it, but I don't think places like Ichiran Ramen are making too much money off of it. If that makes sense. Like, I don't think it's, it's a big driver of money. I think it's just a, like kind of a collection item for people who really love the store I, kind of thing. Does that make sense? I... I I think it depends on your on your business. Like, if I think for for like the huge businesses, like you know, like Starbucks, I it probably doesn't drive much money than their regular sales. They're doing it because people like this and they're doing it for, for their for their fans, right? Yeah, brand. But I th- but I but I think for other businesses like the Akihabara store or like the smaller stores, like smaller retail stores, like this is actually like you know, it's a, it's a nice money boost. It's a nice way to yeah. guarantee like like sales in the new year. So it, think, it, it and, goes and both it's also ways. good if you know if you're taking assuming you're doing like New Year's stock takes whatever. Um, it's a good yeah. way to clear old stock, right? Just right. So in I, I your think, store yeah. in your inventory or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I, 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 I don't see anything particularly 
bad about this. I don't know. Maybe like I, 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 I would like to see more of it in in the states too. Like I think mystery boxes in general are under, they're underused, right? They're un- yeah. just underused. Wax wants to rock up to a grocery store and just say, I, don't, I can't be bothered grocery shopping today. Give me your mystery box of your finest wares. Yeah, that would be like that would be like good YouTube content, honestly. Like if if all the food channels did that, like, like there's like TV shows that do that. They that, that's what Iron Chef is, right? Iron Chef is like, hey, yeah. today cook 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 with mushrooms, cook with shiitake mushrooms. Go. Oh yeah, they do that. They also do the um, we give you a that's, cho- I, I don't, they, that's they, chopped. No, 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 that's Master literally Chef. chopped. Chopped. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's done like on, on every show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know if you get chopped in Australia, but that's that's literally chopped. Chopped is like here's a can of tuna and here's like a Twix bar. And some broccoli. Go make go make a dish. What the fuck? That sounds terrible. No, yeah, yeah. But anyways. Yeah, but that's why chopped is really popular because they'll intentionally give you like like four Shitty things ingredients. that don't that, that that don't go together, and they're like, yeah, go go go, go make some go figure it out. You guys are the chefs. Nice. Um. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think it's it's an interesting play. I think it'll be interesting to see how it would be done in different stores in in the West. I just think that Gacha isn't as in tune in the West as it is. Like even those um subscription boxes, right? I remember I think I subscribed my parents subscribed to one of those for science stuff, like scientific things. Mm. And I got and I got like the bone the human body bones once. You know those ones that you can just hang up in your room or they hang up. There was a really bad version of it and I think it just disintegrated if you touched it. So right. it wasn't really worth it. Great use of All sixty dollars right. of my parents' sixty dollars, so it doesn't really matter. But I think in general, like gutches things just aren't that popular in in the West. Maybe they are now. You, okay, let's let's go around and like say, well, who, what, what's like a company or a brand or a person or whatever that you would buy a hundred dollar New Year's hukubukuro from, if if it exists in the West, if if it exists outside of Japan, let's go around. I I'm gonna go with my my favorite corporate entity in the world, Popeyes. Like, I, I don't know what they, I don't know what they will give me. Like I feel like they they give me because Popeyes has actually been doing some good marketing lately. They've been selling merch. They oh, did they like holiday. Yeah, I was gonna ask that much. Yeah, they, they did like holiday ugly sweaters. Nice. That's 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 yeah. a great one. I was considering buying it. One of my friends bought it, but uh, I I ended up I, I don't really wear sweaters that much, so it's yeah, kind of sweaters kinda iffy. make my skin feel ill. Yeah, like if, if I was like a, like a more if I wore sweaters more often, I would get it. But I, I generally I just put on t shirt and a hoodie instead, so it's not mm-hmm. really my thing. But uh, yeah, I, I think they they be creative and they they give me stuff that's not just food. They give me some interesting merch, and then I don't know the actual food would be nice too. So I'm gonna go with Popeyes. I I really wish they they put out one out. That's who who do you wish put out that kind of product? I don't know. I'm thinking like I I would buy something music related, like from a music store, just like or or Kanye. But what if Kanye just did like a like a New Year's thing? Kanye, yeah, I, I would buy that. Like, I'd probably get like, a... oh, I'd be so. <laughs> yeah, I know. He probably just give you like 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 a, like a can like a canister full of like aerosolized air. That's like this is air from my studio. Yo, yeah, this is the I'd air. Buy that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you got that, you you would feel good about it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. Um. Yeah. So I think I think I'd probably buy something music related or like clothing related. Um, I don't know if I have like a store in mind. I guess that's what I'm trying to think of—an actual store that I would buy like stuff like that from. I don't know. I don't think I'm right. like that tight to any store in Australia, at least. Okay. I buy something Keith? new, like maybe like a JB Hi-Fi, uh, okay. which is like oh. a 
Hmm. Retailer. That sells lots of things. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not that into gambling to begin with. So it wow. would have to be Please like... Like... Uh, somebody that i that i would have to have like actual faith that there'd be real value in it in some way so it'd have to be like well who do you stand on who do you stand unconditionally nobody i don't like brands what? that much zendaya mm. what is if she doesn't have, have any brands brand, surely she has some brands yeah but she nah. has like like normal celebrity stuff, like clothing lines and stuff like that. Yeah, like, right. I don't have any use for Zendaya clothing. Yeah, is it, is it for it's for women only? Yeah, it's it's like I I, I like like I wouldn't buy Venti because like I'm not really into uh, like I don't use cosmetics, even though I really like Rihanna. Like I would not buy the Venti like Fukubukuro. Like I, I, I guess really... because it would be like interesting. I I can say like a twenty four if they did okay. something, but like. I like. I wouldn't even say like Nintendo or like Sony or PlayStation or anything like that because I feel like they would just give me junk. Yeah. So so as a, as a junk story, I forgot to say this, but at PAX, my friend bought it was an expensive one. It might have been a hundred or hundred fifty dollar one, and he got a bunch of junk. And the best part of the junk was a two thousand and sixteen calendar for some random game. It might have been God of War. I don't know what it was. Wait, what, what, was it actually the year, the proper year? Like he could no, use no, no, no. It was in 20, 2019 or something. It was in 2019. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Oh, the best part of the junk was something with an expiration date? No, the, the junk was bad. That was just the funniest part of the junk. Oh, okay. Funniest is, okay, I understand. I was like, if the best thing in there was something that has a literal expiration date where it just becomes useless... And it was apparently it was already useless anyways, but, but that's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, um, I think there were like some like you know um, there was some toys. There was there was a shirt, but that didn't fit him anyways. That he gave to someone else. There was a scarf, and there might have been like a flag kind of thing. But it, whatever it was, even if you paid a hundred dollars for it, but I'm pretty sure he paid more than that. It was definitely an absolute scam where he might have gotten fifty dollars worth of things, maybe. And we're pushing the fifty dollar limit here. Yeah, so that's the absolute scam. The thing about the even like loot crate, right? Is like they the way that a customer would value something, and the way that the company values something is not the same. Yeah. So when they're like, "This has like double the value of whatever you paid for it," but it's like a cheap T shirt that's like there's 25 to 30 dollars of the value and then like a mug that's like 10 to 15 dollars of the value but like you wouldn't pay 10 to 15 dollars for that mug or the 25 dollars for that t-shirt but like that's where the value is yeah pretty much um but i yeah it was a horrid horrid um mystery box that's why i don't buy mystery boxes to be honest at, at conventions but yeah um i think it'd be fun to Not see it done, but I, I think it's funnier if if you get shit stuff. To be honest, I, I want to lose in the mystery box lottery. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's multiple different types of mystery boxes. There's the ones where you know that what's going to be inside is going to be cheap and tacky, and you're just buying it for the fun of it. And there's there's also the ones where you can actually hope to hit the jackpot and get something really cool. So like, like they're not then, all uniform. There's multiple types. But, but then I would have just walked across the street to the casino that was 50 meters away from the convention and just put 
a thousand dollars on red at the roulette table and hope I won. That's yeah, different though. Like... I'm 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 cool with losing <laughs> at value. Like I don't okay. want to lose at a hundred dollars. I'll lose at like a twenty dollar box or bag, but I'm not. I don't want to lose at a hundred dollars. Okay, so there's a limit like that you're willing to pay. Yeah, like I'll I'll drop like twenty dollars and get junk or not junk. Like I don't care at that point. But like at a hundred dollars, I need something of value. It better come with joggers or a hoodie or something. Okay, All right. so. You're basically anyway, saying that well, loss is relative. Well, yeah. But there is a market. He's he's admitting that there is a market. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, uh, this is a market info. Just just for the marketing he, info, people who are listening to this, Keith is willing to lose on $20. I'm willing to lose on like $1,000. If you want to sell me in the big stuff, <laughs> like big ticket items, the, big, the bigger the mystery bag, the more likely I'm to buy it, to be honest. What oh, are God. you planning on losing? So, like, if you buy something, but they're, they're like, this bag <laughs> is, is this mystery bag is $1,000. Inside, there's $2,000 worth of stuff. Guaranteed. What are you planning on being in that bag that you're losing? Hmm. I'm thinking, like, just $2,000 worth of stuff. That I, I was thinking, like, more like they could be like, a flip phone in it with an anime wallpaper, like a Nokia flip phone, or there could be a Toyota Prius. That's that's the kind of money bags things I'm thinking of. Like I'm thinking real, like dollar for dollar value. I I don't want like a, a, one where I'm guaranteed two thousand dollars worth of stuff and there can be random stuff. No, I want like one thing in this thousand dollar thing. It's either gonna be really really shit, like an XXXS shirt um from what's a shitty anime that keith likes konosuba i hope keith really likes konosuba um <laughs> and or who doesn't like konosuba what i don't like it it wasn't that good oh my god it's a parody i know it's it is hilarious. I, fucking, I fucking know it wasn't that good of a parody in my opinion anyways don't say it was a parody i hate when people say that guys it's a parody you're supposed to like it Fuck no. I'm not supposed to like... No, I mean, just in case no, you no. thought it was, like, really stupid. Like, no, no. It's, su- it's supposed to be... I'm not saying you're supposed to like it. I'm okay, just saying good. it's supposed okay, to be stupid. Okay, good. I just wanted to make that clear. That just because something is a parody doesn't mean it's necessarily a good parody, okay? But anyways, I, I digress. What was I talking about? Yeah, I either want, like, a really shitty, like, plastic sunglasses with Gintama, like, a Gintoki face on it. Or I want... The, you know, the production rights for Gintama, for example, where I earn money off with Gintama for the rest of my life. That's the kind of stuff I'm willing to put money on. <laughs> okay. That kind of risk. For, for a thousand dollars, I feel like you just get the most high quality Figma figure. I think that's what that, w- that would come if you won the jackpot. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. There's, if, there's, if there's like those three thousand dollars. Figma better be a sex doll. <laughs> there, there are those three thousand dollar um yeah yeah uh, don't they have like the really caught they they go to thousands don't they the figures yeah they do they do they do yeah um, they do, I, I think for my friend's birthday we bought him the uh, Witcher one that cost about seven hundred dollars I think it's cheaper if you had bought it from uh, who are the makers of Witcher again what are their name what's the company name fucking 
What, CD Project Red? Yes, yeah, CD Project Red sold it, but it sold out instantly for like $300, and then it got, got resold for like $700. We bought it for my friend. Fully waste the money. I would never buy that. But anyways. All right. But if I had a, I had a chance at winning that, or... But, I don't know. Like, by the, owning... By the way, I... Yeah? Yeah, no, no, but no, I was going to say, by the way, it's like uh, there's legalized app gambling comes to New York this Saturday. So very, very excited. I'm I'm very, very excited. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. That's boring. <laughs> what? I, I don't like the experience of just gambling on your phone unless you're gambling on real things. I like the tangential feeling of it. Wait, wait, wait. Don't, wait, don't gamble, don't by the way. It's bad. Um, you, you, I thought, no, wait. I thought we want to be, be sponsored by DraftKings. Oh, yeah, yeah. But DraftKings, isn't that related to, like, sports? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. It's sports, okay. legalized oh, sports you, gambling. Yeah. You mean like that? I thought you meant, like, you go on your phone and you play roulette on your phone. Oh, no, no. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's becoming legal. I was more interested in sports betting. I, I, I'm no, very prepared to lose, lose all my money sports, on esports. No, no. Sports betting is great. As long as you bet on people and not animals, guys, okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm 100%. Yeah, dra- yeah DraftKings better, ha- better have, like, fucking like, esports markets. I, 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 if they don't, I'm going to be very disappointed. Surely they do. I feel like I've watched some sort of esports content where that name has been mentioned, but I could be wrong. This will make me care about LCS again. This is this is what LCS is missing. Gambling. Exactly. I, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised they don't have like a, a gambling activation. Like all of the major American sports now have, they're all in bed with uh, that with like DraftKings and Daily, Daily Fantasy now. So it's, it is the future, like it or not. Like it's yeah. where the money is. It's it's funny that America's just getting into it, whereas Australia has been in bed with it for decades. But yep. you know, that's what you get. Yeah. Alright, I'm All right. done with this topic. So so am I. Alright. <laughs> do you you want you wanna do a third topic or you want to go to songs? Well, how do you feel about songs. today's? I don't, right, I don't like cool. I don't like the third topic. Alright. I I think it's interesting. I'll All I'll, right, I'll keep you, it in I'll keep it I'll keep it in the it. backlog. No, no, we'll do it, we'll do it later. Yeah, I'll keep it in the backlog. All right. There's only yeah, one person on I songs. really want to talk about in that one, to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's, let's go on. Okay, let's, let's wrap it up. Songs. Okay, I'll, the, I'll, the, I'll um... go first. I'll, I'll go first today. Actually, I went first last week, too. I, I don't know what the order is. Anyway, so my song recommendation is the song Save Me by Hotei Tomoyasu. Hotei Tomoyasu is a... Uh, He's a Japanese guitarist. I guess people in the West would most know him because he wrote the iconic uh, guitar riff in Kill Bill Part 1. I, I think everyone... I don't know if everyone knows what I'm talking about, but if you hear it, you'll know it. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, I yeah. so basically, he, this guy's like a... He's, he's like, a, like a relic of the 90s, basically, back when guitars were a thing and guitarists who just played insanely long guitar solos that were self-indulgent and over-the-top. Like, they don't do that anymore. Like, rock is dead, so it's not a thing anymore. So this guy is kind of just like a relic of the past. But if you do like that kind of music from the old days, this guy is like an insanely good guitarist. He does like epic guitar solos that are just like, just ridiculous. And uh, honestly, I, I I do admit they're self-indulgent and a little bit like excessive. But some people like that genre. So yeah, this is, listen to that song. It has an insane guitar solo. Um, my recommendation, I'm sorry, Keith, if you were going to go next, um, was We Can Climb This Mountain by Akira Jimbo. Um, he is the lead singer, I want to say the lead singer of, or the lead, lead, uh, lead guitarist, sorry, singer of, uh, the famous Japanese jazz fusion city pop band Cassiopeia. 
Um, he has a, a very large back catalog of music, and he's actually still making music. I didn't know this um, until very recently, until a couple of days ago, that he's still making music to this day. Um, and this is his probably one of his most maybe his famous or best albums from Stone Butterfly. It's called We Can Climb This Mountain. It's a nice little jazz fusion um, bit where it has a little bit of city pop influence. But yeah, I, I quite like it. I think we're going for the Japanese trend today, although... Keith is going to break that by right now. Yeah. I don't listen to Japanese music. <laughs> My song is the uh, the hip-hop and R&B classic from the mid-2000s, Let Me Hold You, by Bow Wow and Omarion. Their first collaboration together. They were um, multiple? I, yeah, I, they did a whole album together after that. Damn. Um, the original Watch the Throne. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow but yeah that uh great song as all early to mid 2000s hip-hop and r&b classics are yeah all right. them, but yeah i as when, when are we getting the playlist when are we getting the the, the recommendation playlist come on the playlist is being constantly updated weekly with the stuff we already talk about it's just not updated with all the stuff we talked about before because there are some episodes where we just have our play where can, our songs yeah, where can and we keep it? talking for fucking 30 minutes. Where can people find where, it? The the full the full version? It's never going to happen. Well, where can people find the thing in progress? At least at least get people so, like the playlist. It's a Spotify link. Yeah, yeah, it's a Spotify link. Um right, what they what can they search for? I don't know. Oh, wait. Uh, it's like WHF <laughs> weekly oh, okay. song playlist or something like no, no, that. No, it's good. WHF wax out full um, songs of the week. Okay, that's what it is yeah. on Spotify. Yeah. The, so the playlist will be linked on the website that last week I said I was redesigning. That didn't happen. Well, I'm, I'm in the process of redesigning oh, it. It hasn't been finished it, yet. So it's, it's, it's an artistic process. My bad. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So if you want to search for that, the the songs of the week. I haven't added this week's ones, but I will do it after the pod. Um, you can search WHF Wax Half Full Songs of the Week. And if you want to support us monetarily for all of our hard work, you can do that at www.coffee, that's ko-fi.com slash the jujus. But even if you don't, like always, listening to us is more than enough. We'll have mystery bags out on our website soon as well, where you can definitely buy legitimate items that won't be repackaged air from the studio in which we record our, our stuff in. And by studio, we mean our bedrooms or like living rooms or whatever Wax records his stuff from. Um, that's not going to happen, by the way, if you were waiting for that. Unless you want it, in which case, let us know. Let us know how much you would be willing to pay for it as well. I'm thinking the $1,000 range, but other people want cheaper stuff. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys again next week. Peace.